1: Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation. It's not just a podcast. It's a movement. What have we got here? Fucking comedian. Damn straight. This is episode 198. <laughs> Commies and hoaxes and tech. Oh, my. Fans first. A shout out to Indira Markley, who listens to this show on SoundCloud. And, you know, I keep getting these comments from uh, random listeners of the show. And they, <laughs> they all say something similar to the effect that this show is not like other podcasts. And I get that because here's how I know that they are right. When I enter my podcast on one of the 30 plus platforms that are available, when it asks for the category, that always is the toughest part. Most of these Podcast platforms will let me choose two or maybe three categories that my subject matter could fall under. It's society and culture, but yet it's funny, yet it's comedy, yet it's some politics and news. In general, this is a news and social commentary podcast that leans conservative right. And I welcome my fellow pros who listen to this show. We're going to have a great one today. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Hit me. Topic number 1. Remember Bubba Wallace? The whiny amateur NASCAR driver, who at the time hadn't won jack, and like Jussie Smollett, joined the False Crime Reporting Club, once complaining that someone hung a noose in his garage at a NASCAR track, tying up, what, a dozen FBI agents? Now, this was before the FBI was harassing parents at PTA meetings and labeling them terrorists because they took an active role in their children's grooming by the public education system, only later to discover that it was simply a rope used to pull down the garage door. Phew, that was close. There was almost some racism there. Well, Bubba, already sponsored by McDonald's, went on to win a race and was rewarded with an endorsement deal with DoorDash, showcasing his hilarious comedic acting chops. <laughs> Sorry, I was wrong. By the way, allow me to remind you of something that I've neglected for a while. That is, what makes one achieve amateur status? I don't cover this a lot, but it is in my book. I refer you to my book and the amateur equation. For those new listeners, it is this. Stupid plus obnoxious times rude divided by entitled plus inconsiderate equals amateur. Simple math equation. Now, if you've read my book, I've stated that unlike traditional math, sorry, racist math, that this equation still works if the entitled, rude, and inconsiderate factors are indeed missing, thus illustrating the power and seriousness of the amateur condition. When the additional factors are added, they only increase amateur status severity. Stupid and obnoxious are always a part of amateur behavior. Anything else is just gas on the fire. Now, let's see if Bubba Wallace has ensured his amateur status with this latest story from now biased but always a joke, Yahoo News. NASCAR's Bubba Wallace hit with unfounded claims of anti-Asian hate after post-crash shoving of Kyle Larson. You gotta love editorializing within a headline of a news story. Here's the article. Bubba Wallace has been accused of anti-Asian hate for attacking Kyle Larson after they crashed at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The confrontation began at stage two of the South Point 400, where Wallace, who won stage one. Now, by the way, this stage crap has ruined NASCAR for a lot of fans. That and also crap like this story. Uh, he won stage one, ended up racing side by side with Larson in turn four of the track. Now, Larson, who was driving the number five Hendrick Chevrolet, bumped Wallace's number 45 McDonald's Toyota into the wall while trying to make a three wide pass. Wallace bounced back and followed Larson down to the apron, where he appeared to spin the ladder out before they both crashed into the wall. Wallace then exited his vehicle, charged towards Larson, and shoved him against his Chevrolet. Wallace pushed Larson several more times before a safety worker managed to separate them. It has been a challenging year so far for both drivers, with Wallace failing to qualify for the playoffs and Larson, the reigning NASCAR champion, being eliminated last week. Now, NASCAR is expected to penalize them for their latest actions. But aside from a possible penalty, Wallace's display of aggression has earned him allegations of racism and anti-Asian hate. Larson, who is visibly smaller in stature, is Japanese-American. Okay, now, do I think Bubba Wallace is racist against Asians? Frankly, no. I I just don't. I just think it's a coincidence that the guy he shoved happens to be Japanese-American and much smaller. Or maybe he is. We'll never know unless something comes to light that Bubba Wallace put in print, or is on camera saying something, or there's an audio clip of Bubba Wallace saying something racist. So, I am of the school of, call me crazy, innocent until proven guilty. Just because he shoves a guy who happens to be Asian doesn't make him a racist. Racing is very emotional tempers flare. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying let's pump the brakes about the racism, but more on that in a second. Okay. Nonetheless, NASCAR suspended Bubba Wallace from the Cup Series race at Homestead Miami Speedway for the incident. One race suspension only. No monetary fine and no points penalty. And NASCAR fans aren't happy. The article says many of the anti-Asian claims lobbied against Wallace appear to stem from users who are not Asian and are critical of the Black Lives Matter movement, which the NASCAR driver has been a proponent of. Listen to some of these comments. I'm not going to waste your time reading names and everything. These are comments from real fans who commented on the article on Yahoo News, but also on Instagram. Here we go. Every fan has heard time and time again when BLM driver Bubba Wallace makes history for being the first black man to do this or that. Well, huge congrats to Bubba Wallace for being the first black NASCAR driver to assault the smallest Asian driver in the sport on live NBC TV. That'll say a lot. Here's another one. Bubba Wallace, who falsely claimed that someone hung a noose in his garage last year, violently attacks one of the only Asian drivers in NASCAR. Violence against Asians need to stop. Bubba Wallace shoved the smallest Asian in professional racing. Where is Asian Lives Matter at this morning? An enraged Bubba Wallace assaulting and harassing an Asian man is the most McDonald's thing I've ever seen outside of an actual McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, Larson's sensitivity training backfired on Bubba. All Bubba fans wanted was Larson to fire back, and he didn't. Bubba can take his BLM t-shirt and shove it up his ass. Bubba brought racism to this sport, not us. If Kyle would have retaliated, it would have been a hate crime. Bubba came into NASCAR bitching and complaining, wanting special treatment right off the bat, so this was soon to come out. Dude is a titty baby. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but okay. Another one says, okay, he pushed and shoved Kyle. That's worth a heavy fine. But when he pushed a NASCAR official, that's worth a suspension. Never put your hands on an official. If Larson would have thrown a punch, he'd be in prison for a hate crime hurting NASCAR's golden boy. Another one says, Bubba broke a lot of rules, using a car as a weapon, getting out of the car on the track, attacking Kyle and an official. McDonald's and Hamlin need to step up and do something. Hamlin and Jordan need to be pissed. He just wrecked, uh, wrecked their car on purpose. He is not a champion and never will be. I thought he was okay until we pulled the black card. Then I was done. That's a good point because I think a lot of people, pro-nation and otherwise, are just tired. They're, they're exhausted, actually, of hearing about a person's sex their sexuality, or their race. Everyone wants to be, no, no one wants to be judged on their actions anymore. It's all about what color was he, what is her sex, is she or she gay? Oh, damn, well, there you go. No, that, that you know, who you have sex with, and more importantly, <laughs> the race you were born, something you have zero control over, should never be part of the conversation when it comes to things like this. Here's another comment. This should expose NASCAR. Everyone will be able to see how much they've been kissing Bubba's ass since the BS news publicity stunt. They have been letting him get away with murder, and it needs to stop. Everyone else has been getting hefty fines, penalties, suspensions, and they keep saying this behavior will not be tolerated. Guess we'll see if it applies to everyone or just who aren't they, uh, who they aren't catering to. So, what will Bubba do next? Will it be race-related, or will it be race-related. Find out on the next episode of Bubba Wallace Adventures. Topic number two. Just a few weeks ago, on episode 195... If you don't listen to this podcast, you're white-phobic. I dismantled the lame Love Has No Labels PSA featuring Bridget Floyd, sister of George Floyd, going on and on about the legacy and closeness and family values that defines the loving, caring, honorable Floyd family. I urge you to listen to it if you haven't. Well, ever the opportunists, this headline from The Guardian, George Floyd's family sues Kanye West for saying he died from drug abuse. Here's the article. The mother of George Floyd's daughter, Roxy Washington, has sued rapper Kanye West for $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars, after the artist alleged that the 46-year-old man died from drug abuse rather than being murdered by a police officer. On the Drink Champs podcast, West alleged that Floyd died from a fentanyl overdose. In the same interview, which has been since taken down by YouTube, West also made anti-Semitic comments. Hennepin County Chief Medical Examiner Dr. Andrew Baker testified that Floyd's immediate cause of death was cardiopulmonary arrest complicating law enforcement subdued restraint and neck compression, or rather the stopping of Floyd's heart and lungs that prevented him from breathing. Attorneys representing Washington from the Witherspoon Law Group and Dixon and Dixon attorneys at law also filed a cease and desist order against West. It said Mr. Floyd's cause of death is well settled through evidence presented in courts of law during the criminal and civil trials that were the result of his untimely and horrific death. Nevertheless, you have maliciously made statements that are inaccurate and unfounded, causing damage to Mr. Floyd's estate and his family. I'm no attorney. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express, and I took mass media law in college. But I've always been under the impression that if you're going to sue for damages, in this case slander, since it was a verbal declaration and not printed, Floyd's mother would have to prove in court that Kanye's statement or statements caused damage and or harm that directly affected Floyd's estate and family. For example... Can no one from his family get a job now? Has it affected their mental and or physical health in some way? And we need proof of that. Prediction. Sadly, Kanye will probably settle out of court. Or not, as he's been on quite a tear lately. He's pretty much, uh, some people call him crazy, some call him uh, brave, and some call him off the rails, some call him losing it. I think it's a little bit of both, but I do think he deep down is sick of all the same crap that pro nation is sick of. But that's the point. The Floyd family is riding this wave of victimhood all the way to the bank. They may not get the 250 million, but I'm sure they'll take anything they can get. Got to milk that oppression besides the Floyd name cannot be besmirched. The legacy. Again. Listen to episode 195. <music> Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube, where every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursday with a 60 second video preview. Once again, Lou Santini Entertainment. You can find me on Truth Social, Lou Santini3, on Instagram, Lou.Santini3, where I refuse to buy followers, and get her at Lou Santini. Topic number three is next Pros Luciantiti here. They're running out and half off. No amateurs men's and women's t-shirts. Normally $22.95 now just 11 48 The men's tees are a soft, high quality pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in sport royal blue. Displaying the no amateurs logo with the waving American flag set at the top. The women's tees are a lightweight super soft, high quality pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in royal blue and are fitted. Displaying the no amateurs logo with the waving American flag. T-shirts just 11 48 Please add $6.95 for shipping and handling for all orders inside the U.S. Spend Spend 50 bucks or more and your shipping is free. Available at lusantini.com slash shop. Be a pro. Say no to amateurs and order your half-off No Amateurs t-shirt today. Topic number three. This is a first on this show, kinda, where I'm having one of the Amateur Nation topics used as kind of a preamble? to one of the three pro things coming up later on this show. Once again, from my book, Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense, Manners, and Social Skills, you can download it on Amazon for under 10 bucks. These excerpts from the chapter, Technology and Amateur Behavior. In this overpopulated world, we need technology. Technology we need is another story. The world is inundated daily With new websites, apps, touchscreens, voice-activated devices, drones, phones, televisions, and other smart appliances, including electronic valets known as AI, artificial intelligence, units that are found in our cars, homes, and businesses, and other useless, expensive, finicky, easily hackable, often malfunctioning, intrusive gadgets. Now, as we use this tech, we lose our ability to think, feel, move, communicate, and interact for ourselves and on our own every day. With every minuscule, second-saving dose of convenience that we gain, we lose valuable minutes and hours learning manuals, working out the bugs, programming gadgets and toys, thinking, learning, and remembering new passwords, and calling and emailing tech support, all the while losing our sense of self-reliance, self-confidence, Privacy, security, critical thinking, and physical and mental abilities as we hand over our power, information, and control to nameless, faceless corporations that store, buy, and sell our private information and buying habits. I tend to ignore and avoid any technology that ignores the human element. As a very organized person who likes order, I prefer convenience, but never at the expense of my sanity, my control. And my time. For example, before the internet, if I wanted to make a reservation at a restaurant, I simply called the restaurant and said, I'd like to make a reservation Santini Party of Four for Saturday at 730. And they would tell me whether they could or could not accommodate me. The end if I had to change the day or time or cancel, out of courtesy I would call to revise the reservations like a pro. Now, thanks to time-saving technology, all I have to do is go online, choose a restaurant based on hundreds of often fake Yelp reviews, make a reservation online through their website by setting up an account with one of the many reservation services, which means a password, often with eight characters, half numbers, half letters, one of them capitalized because God forbid someone hack into my reservation account and dine using my good name. And don't forget, CAPTCHA, the secret code they use at the gates of hell. So now I have to enlarge my screen size to 300% so I can decide if the lower right bumper of a car counts as a car, and then I choose my reservation. Oh, but wait, I'm not done yet. I then get a confirmation email saying that they got my reservation, and I have to confirm that confirmation. I also will receive two more reminders sent to my phone and email that I will indeed be eating on Saturday at 7.30 p.m., I'll get text reminders and a voicemail reminder asking me to call, which is what I wanted to do in the first place to confirm that I got the voicemail. So I call the number back because I don't want them to give away my reservation lest they think I forgot their seven reminders and I get sent to an automated system or i had to listen to a variety of menus select the one i wanted so as to confirm then leave a voicemail then finally that company sent me a text saying they got my confirmation voicemail see so much easier and faster when i go to the restaurant with my friends i'll have to bite the inside of my cheek until bloody when the hostess says do you have reservations to which i always reply no nah, i'm pretty sure i want to eat here hey it's an old joke but it's either say that or commit murder old way One step, new technology way, 14 steps. Reservation technology, amateur. The biggest lie in technology in five words. Just go online. It's easier. Fuck, even in the future, nothing works. (laughs) It's time for a la carte. Hey, it's been almost two weeks without another sexuality-based holiday. Mark your calendar because November 7th is Transgender Parent Day. A day to celebrate the three, six, all right, I'll go ten transgendered parents in the country. Which reminds me, How's the pregnancy thing going with all those men posing with their guts sticking out pretending to be pregnant? Did you pop yet?
0: I think you're an asshole.
1: Yeah, see, there's the rub. I don't care what you think, amateurs. No one does. The whole premise about these specialized, made up sexualities and genders, omnisexual, bisexual, or even just gay, or if you're a furry, whatever, you're one of the 75 genders. The whole premise that Amateur Nation campaigns on is that it's no big deal just accept us and pro nation does but see that's not enough for amateur nation because they don't want us to just accept them they want special privileges special holidays special consideration job placement in the case of male trans athletes they want to infiltrate women's sports and their locker rooms and they want the world to celebrate the fact that they're just like everybody else but they want special attention the best way to let the world know that your sexuality is no big deal and your gender identity should be accepted is to simply act with common sense, good manners, and social skills towards all and fit in everybody else stop calling attention to your sexuality with marches protests screaming and tiktok videos because your sexuality and gender identity has nothing to do with anything in your everyday life except for the person with whom you're having sex your sexuality shouldn't be relevant to any job it shouldn't come up as a topic at work your personal life is separate from your work i'm looking at you teachers of america not-so-fun fact, Joe Biden's favorite commies, China, emits more CO2 than the entire Western Hemisphere. But you do your part and pay for your gas up front with a soulless EV that will never pay your gas back, America. By the way, uh, President Coloring Book, Joe Biden, is not the leader of the free world. He's the pseudo-leader of the pseudo-communist world. It's sad that we've now been trained, or at least are now used to, seeing social media fact-checkers as normal. It is not. Those doing the fact-checking are evil in the most literal, strict sense of the word. They are cowards, nameless, faceless, soulless people who don't think of the world, or their own souls, long-term, as they foolishly think their minds will overcome the worldwide harm their simple act of typing has caused. They will die mentally and emotionally painful deaths. You know, anytime I eat at a country-style restaurant, I notice they often have smothered chicken on the menu. I know they mean that it's smothered in gravy or some kind of sauce, but I, I picture the cook sneaking up behind the chicken with a pillow and say goodnight, little chicken legs kicking frantically from under the pillow and one last, and then dead. Why not just call it chicken and gravy? And the waiter asks, have you decided? You know, I can't decide between the smothered chicken, the strangled prime rib, the asphyxiated lamb, the decapitated shrimp, or the suicidal turkey. The only thing I like better than pointing out amateur behavior is finding things in the world that are pro. Three pro things. Here's number one. As I said at the beginning of topic number three, this pro thing ties in with what I've always said about technology, that is, untested, unsecured technology that doesn't weigh all the factors of privacy, hackability, usability, reliability, and an exit strategy if things really go south. I like technology as long as there's somewhat of some kind of human element or control on my end, and real, measurable convenience, and never at the expense of my time and my soul. Listen to this audio clip from PragerU, building on what I've been saying on this podcast and my book, where they talk about being obsessed with convenience.
0: Our society is obsessed with convenience, but this culture of convenience is the biggest scam our society has ever bought into. We're told that everything that makes our lives easier, faster, and more convenient will make our lives better, but this has turned out to be a complete lie. Everything in our lives that was promised to make our lives better has done the exact opposite. Our cars get us places faster. Our streaming services make our entertainment easier to consume. Our phones let us communicate quicker, but now more than ever before, we're more stressed, busier, unhealthier, and more lonely. We've already traded our well-being for convenience. Corporations know this, and the government knows this. They need it to maintain control. Soon though, we won't just be sacrificing our health and happiness for convenience, but our God-given rights. Our right to privacy. Our right to bear arms. Our right to free speech. Convenience culture paves the pathway to totalitarianism. Recognize it, reject it, and embrace tradition instead. We will all be better off for it.
1: Number two. If you're a speed freak like me, then you probably have heard of or have seen TV personality and professional racer Jesse Combs. Most notably on Mythbusters, Overhaulin', and All Girls Garage – Jesse Combs has literally raced everything on two, three, and four wheels, on dirt, all kinds of tracks, and winning just about every prestigious race there is, including the Queen of the Hammers, one of, if not the, most grueling road race ever. I've always liked her matter-of-fact delivery when it comes to cars and hot rods. She was always happy without it seeming like an act. Her being a female was never played up, nor was it a distraction. She was beloved and well-respected by all the TV personalities that worked with her. She finished at the top of her class of 2300 when she got her degree from WyoTech, which got her started on cars, car repairs, and modifications. Her energy level, obviously, had to be next level. Yeah, you could call her an adrenaline junkie. And that would be an accurate description. She said, people call me crazy, and I say thank you. Well, Jesse Combs was tragically killed in 2019 in an attempt to break the world land speed record. She once said, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm not ready to die. She was 39. In her final run, she had broken Kitty O'Neill's record to become the new fastest woman on earth with a speed of 522.783 miles per hour. You can see this amazing, heart-pounding, and absolutely tear-jerking documentary, The Fastest Woman on Earth on HBO. Number three. Hey, did you know I hate electric cars and even more hate the electric car hoax being perpetuated on America and the world? No? Well, then you're not a regular listener of this show. Go back and I'd say there's either a topic, a pro thing, or even something mentioned in the a la carte segment about the absolute scam. Scam that is electric cars. I don't rally behind a lot, but this is something that has proof of being a hoax, you know, like vaccines and COVID and the pandemic. And all roads point to commie China as the perpetrator behind it. And we're letting it happen. This audio from California Insider found on Instagram. Now, California is planning to spend $10 billion with a B dollars on battery-powered vehicles and ban the sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2035. But will it make America greener? This is Mark Mills, a physicist and senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He explains how shifting to zero-emissions vehicles might not be as green as we think. A doy. Listen to this.
0: Do we want to go all electric by 2035? Is it practical to do it now? Well, we can make this whole discussion easy with the two-letter word. No, there's no such
1: thing, of course, as a zero emissions vehicle. The real question is, where are the emissions associated with the electric car? Because what you do with an electric vehicle is you don't eliminate emissions, you export them somewhere else. You have to dig up about 500,000 pounds of materials to make a single 1,000 pound battery. It takes 100 to 300 barrels of oil to manufacture a battery that can hold one barrel of oil equivalent of energy. Just manufacturing the battery can have a carbon debt rate ranging from 10 tons to 40 tons of CO2. And the plans that are in Place to increase the use of batteries will require an increase in production of minerals like lithium, cobalt, zinc. Demand for those minerals will increase between 400% and 4,000%.
0: Is there enough mining in the world to make enough batteries for that many people for their car?
1: And a mic drop. By read your email to me on the air, you get a free No Amateurs T shirt. Lou at LouSantini.com and you can also get them for half price on my website LouSantini.com Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find me and chat with me on True Social LouSantini3 Lou.Santini3 on Instagram and at LouSantini on Getter. This show Amateur Nation is not just a podcast oh it's a movement. Remember amateurs we see you you're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a Big Major Production. Bye, Lou. Gonna miss ya.